Hello everyone, and welcome back to the long-awaited second episode of the Plymouth College podcast. Times have changed. We are now out of lockdown, Jack's editing software has finally finished installing, and Rocky is now two inches taller. We apologise for not releasing one during lockdown, but we feared because we would cut out every five minutes that it was rage-inducing, so this episode has mixed some of the supposedly deleted episode with a new fresh one. We start the episode off with the most anticipating upper sixth game of the century. It is, of course, Boys We Girls Netball. I've bet my house on the boys. Willing for a Grilling returns for episode two, and you won't believe who your favourite growth spurts, Jack Murphy and Rocky Dutter, will be interviewing. Yeah, I'm just looking at Jack Murphy, and my God, he needs a trim. That is looking well dusty. It's your favourite rugby historian. He puts the ancient into history. He puts the rum into scrum. It's Mr. Atkinson. Then your favourite drama king and queen, Lex Irish and Jess Esnor, will be discussing the best song of 2020. Lex then boots Jess off to bring in the critically unacclaimed Kieran Chubb to rate and rinse the best newest TV shows of 2020. So please, sit back, grab a drink, get zened, and enjoy the podcast. So after their crushing defeat last time, the boys attempted to get revenge and beat the girls in netball. I go and ask the players themselves for their pre-game predictions. Who do you think's going to win and why? Uh, the boys, because of our biological advantage. <laughs> All right, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, you know what, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Uh, boys team, because we've got the long reach and the shot accuracy. All right, nice. Uh, the males, because of their agility, their performance skills and everything else. All right, Archie's agility, right, let's go. Early, loads of goals from the boys. We're going to get a big advantage, but because of the girls' experience, they're going to bring it back. It's not going to be enough. That, that's what I want to hear, nice. I've bet my house on the boys. Uh, oh, God. Henry might be losing his house. I reckon the boys, because, you know, we've got that synergy about us. We've got that synergy. That's good, that's good. That's what we want to hear. Uh, today, I think the um, boys are going to win, and that is because we hold the Plymouth College uh, values at our core, and we will show that same half strong performance. So, no, that's very wholesome. I like it, Hamish. I'm going to win a while. Girls, because they're better. OK, short and sweet. Girls, definitely. Boys don't know any of the rules. Yeah, yeah, penalties are what's going to happen. Seth Girls, boys got no clue what they're doing. Again, that's, again, we can see what we're, yeah, yeah, okay, that seems accurate. Girls, because it's them. Yeah, Yeah. any other boys team would win, but not these guys. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Girls got years of experience. Yeah, very true. The girls, because they're going to try too hard to impress people and they're going to mess up. Oh, showing off, showing off. All right, all right. At half time, I spoke to some spectators about how it was going so far. Sophie, you guys enjoy the game? Yeah, no, it's really good. It's going very well. Very girls well. Technique. I take it you're supporting the girls? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think the guys are cutting up a good fight, though? Yeah, oh, yeah. they are, yeah. What's I the think the boys, the boys, once they get the rules, they're going to be really, really good. Oh, uh, it's penalties, penalties, that's what it is. Yeah, it's penalties that are letting them down, but they've got really strong passes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Partway through doing this, Henry Dean stopped my microphone and spoke to some rowdy fans. <laughs> All right, boys, how do you think the game is going so far? Oh, I think the referee is shambolic, to be honest. There's one rule for one team and another for another. Did you guys think that the guys have a chance of coming back? No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, okay. We're spiking hope in our audience. Too late. Oh. No hope. Boys, what do you think of the, well, the lads' have... physical performance so far? Do you think it's been up to scratch? I think Harry Bryant's been dominating the air today. <laughs> how many penalties have we given away? Do you know, roughly? Well, I'd say these ones about travelling. We're not travelling, you don't know the rules, mate. That's what I said. Oh, it's a slipper, that's what yeah. it is. After all this controversy, I had a word with the referee herself, Miss Tremaine. Tremaine, what do you think of the game as a whole? Well, it was a very exciting game, very passionate on both sides. Passionate, passionate. Yes. Physical violence, sons of passion. Uh, definitely some physical violence. 
physical violence. Physical violence. Um, I would say that the boys, once they learned the rules halfway through the game, it improved. Halfway <laughs> through the game, they finally got it. All right. And uh, last quarter, the boys actually beat the girls. Oh, really? Yeah, 4 2 last quarter. So if we just count the last quarter. Yes. The boys, uh, the boys won. Uh, well, no, because it was 12 6 over ah, okay. girls. So, all right. So. Uh, very okay. good performance all round. Well all done. right. Perfect. Thank you, Miss. Next time on the sports segment. I feel like that soup's in this room. Oh, it's shot. Yes! Yes! And after the devastating result of the netball game, and an even more devastating result that you're going to have to wait for weeks for the full football game. Hopefully, we can cheer up the best song of 2020. And now, for song of the year, we have Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. The test they started by releasing music anonymously online and self-released his own debut mixtape. The songs he posted caught media attention, ranging from Drake to the New York Times. He broke into mainstream radio with his single Starborn, co-featuring the duo Daft Punk and debuted at number 40 on the Billboard 100, and picks an R&B and electropunk mix. I'm trying to put you in the worst mood, uh, P1 cleaner than your church shoes, uh, the Blinding Lights music video is actually a continuation of his previous music video, Heartless. The music video featured an intoxicated suspect running through Las Vegas and ends up coming to a halt. The Blinding Lights music video starts on what seems to be the same day. It continues to rush through the city, hoping to meet the person in his mind. The song is about the relentless pursuit of love, and not even Blinding Lights can stop Tesfaye, and acts as a melodic romance waxed over a blockbuster riff. Which is why it's our 2020 pick. What a great choice. Blinding Lights is loved by most people, even despite the music video being very weird to look at. Speaking of loved by most people and weird to look at, it's time for Mr. Atkinson. So what's up? Le I hear Lex's, Lex's film night's in ruins, isn't it? Yeah. It's senior feedback application. Like, what's going on? It's head boy application. Um, so we're just going to start with the, uh, like all the boring bits, <laughs> and then bits Lex wanted us to do. Welcome to Willing for a Gooding. Today me and Jack are joined here with the legend of the history department himself, leader of the great lower sixth RIA, Mr Atkinson. So sir, how have you been recently? Oh, very well. Glad to be back in school. It's nice to see everybody face to face instead of over a screen and I think the last three weeks have been very successful. Everyone's worked really hard over this term and we're looking forward to our 
Easter break and then back to finish off the year. And hairdressers open again? Yeah, oh, I'm just looking at Jack Murphy and my God, he needs a trim. That is looking well dusty, Jack. So he hasn't been looking quite good there. Yeah, well, I've, I've booked him for the 19th, Rocky, but they, they just tease mine. They don't cut it. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing it yourself? Uh, Hyde, Park, Hyde Park Barbers, Christopher, I recommend him to anyone. He's better than the chop shops on Mutley Plain. Oh. Okay, Hyde Park Barbers, say Mr Atkinson sent you. <laughs> Uh, they cut Mr. Boots's hair, Mr. Mutlow's hair, my hair, uh, George Atkinson's hair in year 10. So just have a look, you'll be impressed. So not much hair then? <laughs> no, that's right. So yeah, today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to do a bit of a dive into like your history and then talk a bit about your stelling teaching career and maybe finish with some rugby, especially after England's disappointing Six Nations. Well, you say it's disappointing, Rocky, but, you know, we're in the middle of a World Cup cycle. We don't want to peak too soon. Wales have this habit of peaking between World Cups and then falling flat on So, we'll also see. Okay, Rocky? Is that like in the final of the World Cup? Oh, uh, yeah, but well, at least we've been to a final, Rocky. <laughs> Moving quickly onwards, we're going to do the classic quickfire questions. All right, here we go, sir. So you have to answer these in like one short sentence. Okay. Very quickly. Okay. Okay. If you could live in any era, when would you live? It'd be the nineteen eighties. If not a teacher, what would you be? Uh, a lawyer. Who's the most successful student you've ever taught? Uh, a number of students I've taught have gone on to Oxbridge. Who's your favourite teacher at Plymouth College? Uh, Mr. Edwards. If you could speak every language, where would you live? Italy. Who's the most famous person you've met? I've met the Queen. What's the best TV show of 2020? 20, uh, Lion King. Who's going to win the Rugby World Cup? Uh, I would say it will be between New Zealand and South Africa. Uh, Wales won't get out of their group. And apart from Johnny Wilkinson, who's your favourite rugby player? Uh, there's a guy who used to play for England, tight head prop, like I played tight head prop, Jeff Probin. Okay, Jeff Probin played for Wasps, which is my favourite rugby team, and he was an old school prop. Didn't do much running, but he did much, lots of uh, the hard work. He was, as I like in rugby, the piano shifters, not the piano players. The guys that do the hard work that never get the glory. Okay, everyone's talking about Reese Zammit. Okay, <laughs> but Reese Zammit only gets the ball because people like Win Jones. Is it Wynne Jones? Yeah, Wynne Jones, Alan, Alan Wynne Jones, they do the grunt work, okay? And they're the guys that do the work. So why is Mr Edwards your favourite teacher? Well, he's, he's like Wikipedia for Wales, <laughs> okay? You ask him a question and within two sentences he'll get it back to Wales, okay? My Welsh knowledge has been so increased and he's taken me to Wales, we've been to Pendine Sands, uh, around Pembroke, it's a lovely part of the world, and I really thank you for introducing it, Pembrokeshire, to me. So, uh, me and Rocky were talking about this before, right. and we can't imagine you as a school student. I was. Uh, I went to two schools. I went to Hitchin Boys School in Hertfordshire for my first four years to year ten, and then my dad got a job in Coventry. So you can imagine the jokes. Oh, Atkinson's been sent to Coventry. And I ended up at Heart of England School, which is just outside Coventry. I did my year 10, 11, 12, 13 there. And I was only there four years, but I was head boy. <laughs> just to get that out there. Yeah. Uh, how many people in that school, like? Uh, 1,500. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's a massive school. 
Did you enjoy that? Then? I did. Did enjoy it there. I, I don't think I, I will. I'll be on, 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 honest with you. I didn't work hard enough in twelve and thirteen, and therefore I didn't go to university at the start. Went into uh, uh, industry, well, industry, working for the local council, and then when I was twenty-eight, went back to university. Which Exeter. Oh, nice. And what, what were you like back then? Because obviously you oh. mentioned. It was, it was, it was, it was rugby. That's fair enough. Yeah. So was England were winning back then, right? Glad you mentioned this, Rocky, because this is 88 to 95. Some people call it England's golden years. Will Carling, okay, we got to the World Cup final in 91. We got to the semi-final in 95. How many semi-finals have Wales been into, Rocky? <laughs> That's not what this is about, <laughs> so. This is about you. <laughs> So, did you play much rugby then? I played played quite a good standard up in the Midlands. Uh, my local village team, uh, we won promotion. I, I played on the wing when I was in my uh, late teens, early twenties. And season nineteen eighty eight to eighty nine, we got yeah. we got we got promoted. We got promoted. I scored nineteen tries that season. <laughs> then Guinness and kebabs came along, and that slowed me down. And then it was a slow move. Towards the front row. And the hatred for Reece Sammet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to be able to run like him. So uh, moving on a bit, once you became a teacher, what was the first school that you worked at? Uh, the first school I worked at was St Peter's Church of England School in Exeter. Lovely school. I wondered why the staff were all really old. And then after being there for a term, it was such a nice school, the staff never went anywhere else. It was a really nice Really nice school. And then I came down to Plymouth. I got a maternity job at Stoke Damrell. I was there for 12 years. And then wanted to move on. Worked a year at uh, Notre Dame. That was a really good school. And then a year at Egg Buckland. And then I came here in 2018. Is there a bit of a change between... Yeah, definitely, yes. Definitely. The smaller class sizes I really enjoy. Also the activities out, out of the classroom as well. You were given like all round, wrap round uh, education here from eight in the morning or even earlier if you go to gym to five at night. There's always something going on. Well, what's it like compared to not sure? Not no, sure it's, it's different. It's different. State school and, and private independent school is, is very different. Very different, yeah. But I, I am enjoying my, my time here. And um, what was it like at your first school? Because obviously... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I was... I was a teacher, it's my first year. Uh, I, I was teaching most of year nine. Now, you two know what year nine is like, okay? It's the year where everybody, that enthusiasm for secondary school is beginning to drop out. You've got your options coming up. And I, I taught all the year nine history classes in that year. So there was, I think there were seven tutor groups. Okay, so there's about 23 in each group. Okay, and then I had to do a parents' evening. Okay, I didn't know the names of half those children because I didn't have pictures and they'd turn up and I, I, was, I was guessing their names because there were so many. So I taught 270 uh, students in that year group and that parents' evening was a thing of nightmares. Were any of those particularly bad? Uh, you know, I've, I've had kids storm out of the classroom, slam doors and things like that. But, you know, I, I can't, can't think of someone that's really really uh, push my buttons so to speak because you're such a calm guy well, I am yeah, yeah I've got a long 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 fuse I suppose so obviously you arrived at Plymouth College a few years ago I think it mm. was 
As, was it the librarian first? No, or? I was history teacher first. Then I worked in uh, the library for a few terms. What then was that, like? that was that was good. There, I really think I've got a real connection with the upper six because they're in the lower six then. So I was looking after them, looking after their study needs and things like that. So I've got a real connection with not everybody who's in the history department. Okay, because sometimes if you're in one department, there's some kids that you don't see. They go through Plymouth College and you don't teach them once. But with the library, and I, I hope after this is all over, that the library becomes that study centre that it deserves to be, where everybody can go study in private. And that was that was really rewarding, looking after in that first term. And then, obviously, I started teaching New Rocky in Year 10, New Jack, the and, then, and then I disappeared, and then I came back again. I think the, the highlight, though, was my first year when I was teaching... The year, the year 11 class, Tom Jordan, Sydney Bond, Annabelle Denton. And we were in there one day in age three. And uh, Sydney just said to me, sir, just look down by your feet. And there was a mouse. And a mouse ran through. And I just couldn't believe it. I thought there was going to be screaming and everything. But everyone was calm. And Annabelle and Sydney just chased the mouse out of our age three. Uh, last year, who was the, uh, the American diver? Brooke. Is it Brooke? Blake. Blake. Yeah, I mean, she, talking to her about life in America was very, very revealing and things like that. And um, when she said, I need to get home because COVID was coming, I said, what if they stopped the planes? And she said, it's OK, my dad will fly over on his private jet. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. But she was so, she wasn't showy off or anything like that. No. She was a very level-headed young lady. She yeah, was. well, have you told many people like... At Stoke, uh, some Zimbabwean children, some children from Iraq... Uh, some Russians. My first year, my first tutor group, uh, there was two Russians uh, in there. And uh, I remember they were in year 11 and they'd missed, missed a lesson. And I, I was sort of, sort of telling them off. And I was looking at them. One was six foot four and the other one was six foot five. And I thought, these two could rip my head off. But they're nice lads. They're in their early 30s now. Still in contact with them. Nice bunch of guys who've gone on to be quite successful people. Yeah, well, that's what it's like. Do you still keep in contact yeah. with many? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, my first tutor group. They're in their 30s now, 31, 32. So I'm still in contact with a few of those. And, you know, further down. Yeah, so if I go pre-corona, if I go to the union rooms, yeah, sometimes I can't get away because there's so many people I've taught. Because you think about it, I was there for 12 years and there's 240 kids in a year group, and there's 12 of that. So, yeah, there's thousands of people I, I've taught. Do you quite like going there, then? No, I don't. I, don't. I, hate, I hate the union rooms. Where's yeah. your favourite? My favourite pub is uh, me and Mr Boots. Mr Boots' favourite pub It's on Greenbank. So you go up North Hill, and you take the left just by the, uh, by the church, and you go down Providence Street, and it's a pub you wouldn't even know it was there. It's called the Providence, and it's just like someone's front room. It's quiet... There's no music. It's just really nice just to relax at the end of the week. And you go there often? Often. Friday. Obviously after Corona. Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. And, some, and sometimes on the Sunday. But that's, only, uh, that's the only times I go, three times a week. What sort of stuff do you have a chat? Yeah, have a chat. Yeah, we just talk about, talk about well, Mr Boots obviously well, tries to get onto rugby again. Yep, yep. And, uh, and music, history. Yeah, we've got a nice... There's a bunch of guys in there, it's me, me and Mr Boots and a few others, and sometimes we, are, we go on a train trip on a Saturday, go up to Dawlish, down to Falmouth, things like that, just to uh, experience the West Country. 
you see, because I think what you guys, you guys live growing up in Plymouth and the West Country, you don't appreciate it. What you need to do is go away from Plymouth and then come back and you appreciate it even more. You go to the beach much? Go and no, see. I'm not a beach no. person. No, no. Dog walking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What well, sort of dog do you have? I've got a Springer Spaniel. So oh. the best places are not Devil's Point, uh, Mount Wise. Cost, oh, yeah. Costa del Mount Wise, when the sun's out, okay, and and you're in there early morning, the sun's coming up, just walk down by the by the uh, Tamar, it's absolutely fantastic. One of the best places. And then you go up and you look down onto the Royal William Yard, it looks really nice. Uh, how was your dog? Are you glad, glad you got your dog? Dog, yeah. Because I'm looking for one at the moment, and I need to... Well, well Rocky, you're going away, so no. you're just going to leave, no, you're gonna leave him with your sister, yeah? <laughs> get them while they're cute, yeah, and as soon as they grow up. Yeah, get rid of them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look, what I'd say, Rocky, is don't pay big bucks for dogs because there's going to be so many dogs in the dog shelter corona dogs that have been bought during the lockdown and then a lot of families are going to say I can't look after it and give it up so um going back to Plymouth College you obviously go here and so do your children yeah. what's it like teaching at the same school that your kids go to it's uh, a unique experience yeah I teach both of them so we get some good feedback and things like that and uh yeah I think, think they're getting a really good education here they always do their homework. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. You make sure. Yeah, I do. Make well, maybe sure. only your classes. No, 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 no. And that's another thing. You've got a kid in the school. The teachers will approach you and say if they've uh, they've done something wrong. We're talking about doing things wrong. Who's who's the like sort of craziest person you've ever had to teach? What here or or anywhere? Um, I've had kids that would refuse to sit at the chair, sit under the desk, and things like that. <laughs> But What's that uh, like? uh, that, that's 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 testing. Yeah, yeah. it's testing. But here, uh, I don't know. Uh, Tom Jordan's been a bit <laughs> mad during his time. During my time, was four years teaching him, three years teaching him. Come out with some classics, classic quotes and things like that. Right, such as? Oh, I can't say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In um, in upper six, they have a uh, quote of the week, and uh, you you should put it up on the board. So that's that's one of the things that we'll do when we get back into H two. So taking more to sort of outside of school, what are you going to do on June the twenty first when we're allowed back out? I don't think I'll be going out on the June twenty first. I think <laughs> I, I'll I will wait a few weeks until until it's uh, you know it's calmed down. Any festivals? No, no, I won't <laughs> get any festivals. Uh, I did. I have been to a few festivals and. Getting up in the night to have a pee is not is not the best. I would say stay away from D of E then, sir. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my two kids do do D of E, and yeah, I, I'm staying away from that and ten tours as well. Should you go on to a bit of rugby now? I feel like we have to talk about like D of E. So what I'd say to I'd just open it up. Back in October, when Wales couldn't win a a raffle. <laughs> Yeah, I think you were saying, Wayne Pivak, we need to get rid of him. I was not. And now, was not and now he's that. the great redeemer. I mean, yeah, I, I think, well done, Wales. They've done really well. But what gets me is that team is all in their late 20s, early 30s. I think that team is going to get old together. And the youngsters coming through, you've got Rhys Samet, James Botham. There's nothing, I can't think of anything else. Ian Hardy. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, they, they need to start, start integrating them now. Because I think with the World Cup, what, 2023, they might come unstuck. 
Yeah. But then moving on to England, obviously. Uh, England, England, Eddie, Eddie's a bit stuck in his ways, Should I think. Should he stay? Yeah, I think he'll stay. I think he'll, he'll got to the autumn to sort it out, I think. I think we've got our Canada and America over the summer because there's a Lions tour, so he will blood the new kids in there and then give them a go in the autumn internationals. I think, think we'll do all right. You know, we've had a blip. Fifth. It's the first time we've lost it. Wales... Scotland and Ireland since 1976. So it's quite a big blip, but... Do you remember back then? Or... No, I don't know. That's, that's before, my, before my time. Have you ever been on the Lions tour? No, not been on the Lions tour. I've been to Italy a couple of times oh, yeah. to watch, watch that's England. The that's, that, is, that is the venue to go. Yeah, if you're ever able to go and watch Wales in Italy, I would recommend it. Rome? Rome is absolutely amazing. I mean, you need to go one day for the match, another day for just sightseeing, or two days, because... Every corner you turn in Rome, there's something there. Yeah. It's just amazing, yeah. We went as a family last last October half term. Not for the rugby, just we went for four days because they're both doing classics. Well, one's doing Latin, one's doing classics. Is that your favourite place to be I'd there? say it's one of my favourite places, yeah. Next summer, I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see. Cornwall's a favourite of ours as well. Oh, family. Yeah. Not camping there. Not camping. <laughs> Definitely not camping. They're trying to get me on the year nine residential. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. It was very fun. Yeah, but someone said it's camping, so I'm trying to get out. Yeah, but you, you get to see inside. Yeah. Who's going on that? Aggers. Yeah, well, Aggers. As long as you get all your, like... Aggers will, because he's like, he's like the boss of year nine now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 We, uh, we went for a walk on that activities week with um, Mr. Chapman for nine hours because they both got lost. Nine hours? We went for miles and we had no idea where we were the whole day. It was... No compass. We would map. We were 13, sir. <laughs> but I think that's all. Thank, thank you, Rocky. That's been, been excellent. You know, as I say, Rocky, keep laughing now, but I don't think you'll be laughing in a, in a, in a few. We'll quote you on that. Yeah, you will do. Hold that one. Hold that one. I remember at the start of the Six Nations when we were online learning, I was giving it loads about England and do this, this and the other. And it's come back to bite me, yeah? But, you know, I'm going to have to tell Mr. Summons that you and Ellie are bullying me now, Rocky. <laughs> Is that yeah. what we're doing? Yeah. We, we can't be bullying. No, no, because I give as good as a yeah. <laughs> Just before we go, I know the Year 9s have been doing their options. Can you give a, uh, an argument as to why they should do history? Uh, well, I'm pretty confident, right, that about 96% of Year 9 are doing history next year. So, yeah, I think Miss Chubb and I have done our job. We marketed it quite well. And, yeah, we've got a good sign-up. So, yeah, yeah, history is a great subject. It, it, it empowers you. It gives you the skills to research, the skills to, to find information, to uh, pick stuff out of long scripts and things like that, and to phrase an argument. So it does equip you with things like that. If you look at people that have done history degrees, there is some people that have gone on to great, great things. And so, another recent event. So what did you think of the football match today? Oh, mate, I thought I thought the first team, they underestimated. One of them said, well, I thought the swimmers would tire out. Swimmers do not tire out. They're like Duracell bunnies. They will run and run and run. So I thought Josh Gammon played really well for them. Yeah, Aslak as well. Aslak, the Croydon Cowboy was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's got hidden skills. Yeah. No wonder Scarlet fancies him. <laughs> and on that bombshell, oh, well, thanks, sir. Thank you very much. Cheers. Oh, Who's Dan after now, anyway? Come on. What girl? Yeah. Oh. Well, we think, we think it's always been... 
Okay, and that's enough of that. Damn, Seb's being savage. I mean, I knew Mr. Atkinson loved a good roast, but I didn't think it was of the verbal kind. I look forward to your comeback via email, sir. And after that roast, it's time for Kieran and Lex to roast and rate the best TV shows of 2020. Welcome. So 2020 might have been a year without a lot, but something that we all could look forward to was television. Now, a quick disclaimer before we begin. This will include spoilers to all the shows we talk about. So Cobra Kai, Bly Manor, The Queen's Gambit. If you've seen them or you're happy with spoiler talk, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy. Bly Manor uh, aired on Netflix last year and was the second entry of Mike Flanagan's The Haunting series. Yeah, so Bly Manor follows a young American nanny who's hired to take care of two orphan children. This was based on The Turn of the Screw and was a little bit different to The Haunting of Hill House. Now, what did you think about the comparisons between the shows? I think it works a bit weird, like, tonally, because, you know, it's, it's an anthology series in that it's all tied together by the cast, the actors and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the title. But it's tonally really different in that the ghosts work differently in Bly Manor than Hill House. And it's much less interested in the spookiness of it, and much mm -hmm. more interested in the characters. Um, which Hill House focused a lot more on the house, the Hill House. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And I think that's actually one of the strong parts of it. So Hill House obviously had huge scares and had very just um I guess scary schematic uh, to it but this one was a little bit different because it focused more on relationships and characters and i think that i personally preferred that yeah it's a weird thing but like it's a good thing that the scary tv show leaves behind the scary when it needs to but it works mm. i think that the orphans did a really good job of showing um, the, the fear, the, the the pain. I mean, like, it might sound funny to you, but no, I actually think that they did a great job. I, I mean, know, what, it's just funny that you call them the orphans. Like, you know, they're acting right. They didn't really kill Peppa Pig's mum and dad. But yeah, I think that Emily B. Smith, especially, as soon as the controlling becomes apparent, I think that she does a really good job there. Was there anyone that stood out to you in particular? Uh, like I said, Peppa Pig, Emily B. Smith. She was really good, especially for a five-year-old, a ten-year-old. How old is she? She's young. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy to think that she also voices Peppa Pig. It's just ludicrous, really, for how she can just change what she's used to that quickly. It's uh... The haunting of wherever they live. The haunting of CBB's studio. Well, I also thought that Tania Miller um, playing Hannah, the groundskeeper, did a really, really good job as well. Um, yeah. And I think that that comes out most in episode five. Mm -hmm. So the episode five is Altar of the Dead, and it shows this purgatory kind of sense to finding out that Hannah died. 
at the house and I think that that really plays to the advantage of the relationships that she had built with Owen. It's almost identical to one episode of She-Ra where Madame Raz is like bouncing back and forth in time. Yeah, the way it plays with time is really good as well. And you can see that in episode eight as well. So that gives the backstory to the lady in the lake. And I found that that episode was probably one of my highlights just because of how it's a homage to the classic horror cinema and it's setting and tone. And I think it really cements that inspiration that Flanagan took for it. I thought I was doing the right thing, but I failed you. So Cobra Kai season three. For those who don't know, Cobra Kai follows 34 years from the All Valley Karate Tournament, where down and out Johnny Lawrence reopens his old dojo, Cobra Kai. Somehow they managed to squeeze three seasons and running of TV out of this one 10 minute short film concept from 2011. It's kind of remarkable, really. I mean, the history of Cobra Kai, just in how it was developed and just started being produced is crazy. So it started off on YouTube's Red Premium platform, where why no, no one watched it. watched it because no one bought YouTube Premium. Then it was picked up by Netflix, and since mid-last year, it's just been picking up word of mouth, and it's really, really grown. But yeah, season two left off in a really great position. So it had the massive school fight, which obviously was great choreography-wise, and it had Miguel in a coma, and Johnny Lawrence was finished with Cobra Kai. And then in the span of three episodes, they undid all of that, like, the entire thing. Yeah, I Girl think... out of a coma, he's running around, uh, Johnny Lawrence is back on his new, um, what was it, Eagle Fang Karate? What are you, Tango and Cash? Yeah, no, Tango and Cash were narcotics detectives. Oh, I'm sorry. You do realize neither one of you are cops, right? Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard game to play because obviously they take this profound 80s kind of action, nonsensical plot, but there is only so far that an audience can go. And if you have a student in a coma and he goes from being able to tap a foot in one episode. Sorry, you felt like a champ. And then the next being able to do full-blown karate. It's kind of a stark contrast. It doesn't really make much sense. And it kind of loses a lot of the audience. But people still love it, no matter what. Because even yeah. despite being absolute garbage, Cobra Kai is still really cool. The mix of sitcom and this high school teen drama, it, it, it almost feels like it shouldn't work, but it does. But it, it, I think that it really catches the nostalgia great. It, it's, it's funny because it does feel like an 80s show despite it not being an 80s show. It feels like a much higher budget version of a sitcom, but it's good despite being bad. Men are gonna come along and wanna teach you things. Doesn't make them any smarter. You just let them blow by, and you go on ahead and do just what and how you feel like. Someday you're going to be all alone, so you need to figure out how to take care of yourself. The Queen's Gambit. So, you've never watched this. That is so true. That is it falls true. on me to try and explain it in a way that doesn't make it sound boring as hell. So there's this author who plays chess. Yes. Chess can also be... Beautiful. It follows the character Anya Taylor-Joy, who I can't really remember the name of. Work professionals, something Elizabeth Beth, Beth, Beth Harmon, playing chess really, really good. 
and like I think the first few episodes is just to establish how good at chess she is. She breezes past Dudley Dursley, who is supposedly the best chess player in episode two. There's no player in the world as gifted as you are. And goes up against Thomas Brody Sangster and ties with him. I think it's on a technicality or on like mutually assured destruction or some other weird chess terms. Yeah, so the show's based on a book, wasn't it? The history's been a quite strange surrounding it, hasn't it? Because if I'm correct, an uh, adaptation was originally set to be directed by Heath Ledger, but obviously he yes. couldn't complete that. So it's been in the oven for a lot of years and <laughs> it's had, a huge, it's had a huge impact as well, really. I mean, all yeah. you have to do is look at the amount of people that are researching chess and actually buying boards and the registrations for chess.com just to see how much of a significant thing this show has been. Don't read the book. The book is garbage because it's a novel about a person that plays chess. There is no way you can make that interesting. TV show, you can have cool, long establishing takes, long cuts and stuff, and that's cool. You can't have that in a book. Yeah, that that thing's been in the development oven for a long, long time. And if there's anything we've learned from the latter half of 2020, it's that things that have been in the development oven for Ooh, let's say seven or eight years never ever turn out to be bad all in all would you say that anya taylor joy was definitely the standout of the show oh of course anya taylor joy is just really good at acting um surprisingly good at accents if you've seen any of her interviews she does not sound like beth Harmon, but that's just you know acting and i can't ever see thomas brody sangster as anyone else other than a 12 year old and i know that love actually is older than me but still <laughs> he is a year nine student and i refuse to believe anyone that says otherwise yeah all right our 2020 review would not be quite as good if we didn't have an award so, Kieran, would you like to reveal which one of the shows we are given our wonderful television podcast award of the year? Drumroll can be added in post. We are giving our award best of to Bly Manor for being good. That, that's yeah. it, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I think that the way that it played on relationships, I think the way that it varied its art style and tent and tone and everything that it played it did to its advantage and i think that mike Flanagan did a truly amazing job with it yeah so if we were doing an award for best dressed it would go to queen's gambit if we did an award for worst show it would obviously go to cobra kai um all of them have their good attributes is except for cobra kai okay except for cobra kai kieran you can have your way all right thank you very much well that concludes our segment on the television of 2020. Hope you've enjoyed. Cut to the recording! Whoa, although part of that segment was about a horror. The scariest part of our show is the runtime. <laughs> Who doesn't love a self-roasting podcast? Anyway, after those interesting reviews, sadly it does bring us to an end of the second episode. I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who took part, and a huge thank you to Jack Murphy, as without his editing, trust me, trust me, this would sound as shambolic as the reffing earlier. It's fine, Mr. Tremaine won't listen to this, uh, I hope. And with that, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed, and have a good Easter. <laughs>